Lean forward slightly. Look straight at the speaker. And listen with a sparkle in your eye. As though you might be thinking, gee, this is the most wonderful thing I've ever heard in all my life. Live from Hollywood, California, this is So I Married a Movie Geek! Welcome, friends, to a very scary episode of So I Married a Movie Geek. I am Chrissy McQueen. We have Justin Winters, and we just saw a double feature! Nightmare on Elm Street, the 1984 version and the reboot, both of which, of course, I had never seen. And it was interesting. That's the first word I got coming out of the bag, you guys. Interesting. Interesting. Justin, what's the first word you have coming out of the bag? What bag am I coming out of? The nightmare bag. About which film? Either or or both. Uh, the first one's great. The second one, not so great. <laughs> That's it, pretty okay, much. Okay, all right. Um, since you are the, our resident movie geek, can you tell me why you think the second one was uh, atrocious in comparison to the first? Uh, I just didn't find it scary. I, find, I just found it sad. I was a big fan of the original growing up. Um, you know, the first time, a couple times I remember watching it, I, I found it scary. I mean, the more, more I watched it, the more I saw that, you know, it wasn't as scary as I thought, but the second one, it was just soulless. I think it, you know, took everything that I didn't like about some of the sequels to the originals mm -hmm. and it just didn't make sense in points. And then it was just sad in other points. Sad because it was like, oh, they murdered the original or sad because of the subject matter. Both ways, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, this whole trying to explain going back in the past with the subplot with the preschool and the reboot. I just didn't like that. <laughs> you know, I, I liked it better in the beginning than I ended up liking it. I figured in, when they first kind of started going through it, I was like, oh, you know what? This might be okay. I like to have a little backstory on Freddy and to figure out why he is the way he is. Though I never bought the scenario that the kids were just making up the fact that he was, you know, hurting them. <laughs> but the way they ended it, and I don't want to give it away for people who haven't seen it because it is different from the original I was like, this is not nearly as good as the original. And the original wasn't that good. Okay, I need to backtrack a little bit. Okay, let's let's go with the original first. That's what I was going to say. What did you think let's of the original, the original the first time you've ever seen it? It wasn't very scary. I think that a mm -hmm. reason that I had not seen this uh, for as long as I haven't seen it is because I was actually kind of scared. Uh, you hear so many things about Nightmare on Elm Street. You know, it's kind of like this pinnacle of horror movie success and, mm -hmm. and fear. And uh, I wasn't scared. In fact, I laughed quite a bit inappropriately throughout the first film because of the music, which usually music aids a film and, you know... AIDS? No. There's no AIDS in this movie. <laughs> Shut up. The music of a film aids in making the audience feel whatever, you know, the director and producers want you to feel, whether it's happy or sad or frightened. And in this particular uh, film, it, it really didn't accomplish its purpose. In fact, it detracted. I Like, I, I knew the second we heard, like, the 80s synth being like, 
I'm like, oh, and Freddy's coming. And instead of being scared, I was laughing. Yeah, it was it was very synthy. This Freddy music they. It really was, and every single time it was a dream sequence or you were going to see Freddy, there was fog. I started calling it Freddy fog, so there was never any question as the viewer as to whether or not the person, the subject, was dreaming. There was never any question where you're like, is she dreaming right now, or is this really happening? Like you, it was just so foggy. It was like dry ice heaven. <laughs> it was like, oh. Never mind. She's dreaming. Okay. I agree that there was fog and synth in some spaces, but there was also some where you're like, okay, uh, did she just step outside? It looks like she just stepped outside. She's not in a Barefoot. Dream. Nobody Barefoot. had shoes. Nobody had shoes. Nobody had no, shoes. No one could afford shoes. Apparently. I guess not. They all walked around barefoot at night and, you know, some glossy looking ground. I'm not sure that that was very safe. I felt like she, the first time the girl Tina walked outside barefoot, I was like, she's going to need a tetanus shot. Yeah. She, well, before she goes to bed, she should put on heels to go to bed. Not heels. Just in case she has to walk. What about socks or slippers? Run after I know people wore socks to bed in the 80s. They wore scrunchy socks. Well, in the original, she eventually um, came out with the slippers, I think, the last time that she went to sleep. Well, Nancy did, not Tina. As it turns out, a tetanus shot was the least of Tina's worries. She didn't last very long in the first. Well, okay. Some of the best things about the original, there's some really creepy death scenes yes. that are iconic in, in you know, horror cinema. So. That's true. The way Tina gets it uh, in the bedroom in front of her loser boyfriend is pretty shocking. Pretty shocking. Pretty... Especially for 1984, I would think. Yes. Yeah. Like, I, I had eyes the size of saucers, and I'm looking at it. I wasn't so much frightened as much as, a, as I was shocked, but it was still rather astonishing. Yes. In a good way. A bloody girl hanging from the ceiling is shocking. And it shouldn't just hang from the ceiling, Justin. She, like, moved around. Yeah, they did the whole dancing on the ceiling, Lionel Richie thing. Oh, yeah. They spun the room. and <laughs> Dancing on the ceiling. What? <laughs> Lionel Richie. You never saw that video? Well, now I'm never going to think of that the same way again. I'm going to think of Freddy Krueger and Dino getting it on the ceiling. Dying on the ceiling. Yeah, like a bloody mess. Getting murdered on the ceiling. Right. That changes the song a lot. It, it does, quite a bit. But yeah, it's it's kind of graphic and it's bloody and it's... What was this film rated back then? Do you know? It's R. Yeah. They didn't make an NC-17 or X back then? They didn't have X. What? No, didn't they? I NBA don't know. had no. X. I guess so, but it was definitely an R-rated movie. Arr! Well, that's good, because back then there were quite a few movies, uh, which we've discussed on this podcast, that were apparently rated PG and should not have been rated PG. So I'm glad to hear they were smart enough to rate that one R. So what did you think? We're, we're talking about the first movie now. What yes. did you think of the um, actors in the first movie? <laughs> you can go down the line. Okay. I know you. there's one guy that's you know famous now that you didn't even know he was in the is? movie. What's his name? Um, something about Arr. Captain Jack Sparrow. Um, Johnny Depp's yeah. his first is his first movie. Was it really? Yeah. Was this before Twenty One Jump Street? I feel like it was. I think it was around the time of Twenty One Jump Street. Might I didn't even been... I didn't even watch Twenty One Jump Street, but I actually did a little bit. You did? I did. Because of Johnny Depp? Yeah. Oh. Well, it might have been concurrent, but I, I have to say in the beginning when I saw the credits, it said in introducing Johnny Depp, I went, Johnny Depp is in this? How did I not know that? I mean, I know I've never seen it, but come on, that's something you would think it would be kind of public knowledge I would have heard. Johnny Depp was a nightmare on Elm Street. You even watched a whole scene, and you didn't even know it was him? No! I asked you, I was like, where's Johnny Depp? And you're like, he's right there. It there didn't even is. look like him. He's he was so, so little. He's fresh-faced in he, the sun. Yes, that's a good way of putting it. Fresh-faced and little. 
He was itty bitty. I don't think he's grown that much. He's still kind of a little guy. He was it. He was a baby. Mm, so what did you think of his hair. performance as uh, the the main boyfriend? Oh boy, how do I put this? Um, it wasn't good. What? Okay, but wait a minute. Let me rephrase. Although he wasn't great, he was certainly leaps and bounds better than everyone else in the movie whose acting skills left something to be desired. I feel like everyone else's acting skills in the movie was what kind of made the script work of Scream. Later on, you know, the people in Scream make fun of all the old horror movies. and Yeah, Wes Craven making fun of himself. I know. It was great. Ha <laughs> good job, Wes Craven. Uh, exactly. But... But it, it totally, I even thought that, I was like, oh, well now Scream makes a whole lot more sense to me. I mean, it did it even then when I saw it in the 90s, but because these actors are terrible. And Johnny Depp wasn't great either, although I do love Johnny Depp. It's his first movie. What do I you know. expect? No, no, I'm, I'm not putting him down. I'm saying out of everybody being terrible, he was the least terrible. Okay. So you thought he was the least terrible? Yes. Who was the most terrible? Uh, it might actually be our lead, Nancy. Really? Yeah, she wasn't great. Or, or no, wait, let me, let me, let me, let me rethink that. I'm gonna supplant my answer with the mom. The mom was the worst. Oh, the she mom. was terrible. Yeah, I hated the mom growing up, and then I'm like, oh, that was right. She sucks. Or maybe her acting sucks. Wait, let me play devil's advocate here for a minute. Wait, not only her acting sucks, but she just sucks as a character. You're like, oh, the mom sucks. Right. Well, that's why I was just going to play the devil's advocate and say. Perhaps she wasn't as bad of an actress as we're making her out to be because the intent was for us to hate her character, I think, and we did. So, <laughs> so the good job. So the actress is like, okay, guys, I'm going to do this bit of acting. I'm going to be terrible at it, and it's going to work because you just hate my character. Well, seriously. I mean, in some films, you're, it, you hate the character so much, you know that the actor has done a good job because you really are not complacent about that particular character. You hate them. Well, I mean, her job as an actor was just to act drunk and, you know, tell her daughter to go to bed all the time. So maybe she just couldn't act drunk well enough on camera. That's true. I don't know. That's true. Her, I don't think her acting and was I up think, to snuff. So. And, I, and I think that perhaps now going back on the devil's, devil's advocate coin, I, I think that there is one. I, I own it. You should see it. It's pretty good. I think that the other reason that maybe we don't like her character so much is based on the things she does. Like, she put bars up all over the house, which we know was a bad idea. Then she locked the door and didn't have the keys, which also we know was a bad idea. How's she getting all this stuff done? She's, like, drunk all the time. <laughs> Could you imagine her phone call, you know, like, to the... Who did she call to put bars on her windows? It's amazing what you can accomplish when you're drunk. <laughs> It really is. She couldn't do a lot. She was sleeping all the time in the rest of the movie. Well, you know, she drank herself to sleep. Got it. But before she drank herself to sleep, she, she got ordered, stuff done. She ordered the bars. She did. She's like, this is Home Depot. Can I get some bars on these windows? Wait, back then it wasn't that. It was, um, it was, oh crap. Come Lo on. Lowe's. No. It was Home something, but it was not Home Depot because I remember when they changed it to Home Depot. It was like Home Depot? That looks like Depot. It was Home something. It was a small business. Help somewhere. me out. It was a small business before it got overrun by the corporations. By the depot. Yeah. They yes. took over all the putting the bars on the windows. It's true. Okay. So I think that's why we hated her. Actually, not because she was this terrific actress making us seem like we hated her, you know, because she was so good that we hated her character. It was based on the things that she did. So the the lead, Nancy, Heather Lane Campbell, what did you think about her? Oh, Nancy. 
In the beginning, I have to say, I was prepared to hate her from the first scene, or if not hate, then strongly dislike. Because she was so much like, oh no, da na 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 She has that 80s affected actress thing. I don't really know what it is other than to call it 80s affected actress thing. It's like a disease amongst lead females in 80s movies. I'm not sure what it is, but it's like this slightly affected valley girl accent, or if not that, then certainly this like, I'm just so frustrated with everyone and everything, and I'm the only one who can do anything right, and I'm not saying woe is me because I'm a big girl and I can handle my own problems, but nobody's helping me. Like, it's this attitude, this pervasive attitude amongst lead female characters in the 80s. <laughs> Teenage characters. Okay. You're really upset about this. Um, I don't think I uh, feel the same way about her, but I am... Well, that's why I forgave her as the movie went on, because I kind of realized, oh, well, you know, sign of the time sort of thing. Like, don't be mad at the actress. Be mad at the system. Like, don't hate the player. Hate the game. But watching it again, I haven't seen it in a while. The um, There's a couple parts of the script where you're like, okay, that's corny. But otherwise, it's a pretty good script. I mean, the story is... The thing that sells it, and that's what made me a huge Nightmare on Elm Street fan as a kid. It's just the idea of, you know, a guy going after you in your dreams, and your parents don't believe you or even want to talk about it. Well, that's scary. Two things on that. First of all, it's scary to have a dream that you you realize. I don't know if you you've had dreams like this. I tend to get dreams like this periodically, and they're the worst kind. Where it is a nightmare, it slowly devolves into a nightmare where you don't really realize it's a nightmare at first. It seems like an ordinary dream, and then you kind of start to realize that, the, you know, you're not, you don't know you're dreaming yet, but you know that, you know, things are going badly. And then you, you're really into the nightmare part where your adrenaline is pumping, and you, let's say you're fighting for your life or running or something, and then you realize at that point, I'm dreaming. Oh my god, I'm dreaming. And then you can't wake up because you're in such a deep sleep. And you try to wake up and maybe your eyes open for a second, but that heavy, you know, REM sleep is like on you and you can't keep your eyes open. And so on one hand, you're so grateful, your heart's pounding, you're like, oh thank god I woke up, I woke up, I'm falling back asleep. No, 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 I'm back in the dream, I'm back in the dream, wake oh, up, wake up, wake oh, up. Give him the kick. Yeah. Inception. And, and let's talk about seeing this in a post-inception era. It totally changed things for me. I know. What if they had to deal with Freddy in all those levels? That would have made it everything yeah, tough they, as hell. They kept, well, they kept shaking the subject to try to get him awake, like, wake up, Nancy, wake up. And I was like, screw shaking her. Kick her in the kick, bathtub. Yeah, 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 like, drop her. Yeah. So that she knows. And in the first scene, uh, in the very first movie, first scene when we knew that, you know, Tina was dreaming, I was like, all right, whose dream sequence are we in? Who designed this? Exactly. Where's the top? I think that would be funny, too. They should have incorporated the Inception rules in the reboot. That would have made it a lot better. True, but I think the reboot came out before Inception, so that doesn't really work. The, the third Nightmare on Elm Street, which is actually my favorite of, out of all of them, kind of incorporates, um, let's get a team together and go after Freddy, which is really cool. Interesting. I don't find Freddy that scary of a character. I'm sure if I were dreaming, I would be scared of him in my dream. Or but... you were younger than you are now. You watched it. <laughs> you know, you are. That's true. I am going on 27. Like, maybe, maybe it's not I don't scary. find Freddy scary, guys, because I'm older now. Like, his face was kind of gross. But, like, in the first scene, I was like, why don't they just try to take off his gloves somehow? 
It was. I, I That's mean, the scary like, part. Like I said, the first couple times I watched it, I'm like, this is kind of scary. And then you're like, okay, this is kind of creepy. And then it's like. Okay, he's gotten kind of funny by now. Like, I and that's how he progressed in the series. Like, as the movies came along, went along, it was like he got more and more funny and like talk. He's gonna talk, you know, talk yourself to death, which is like the worst thing that they could have done. You know, the less he talked, the better, pretty much. Because as as it went on, he started letting out like one liners and stuff, like he was mr freeze and Bat- batman and robin or something <laughs> you're just like shut up freddy you know well perhaps that happened later in the franchise but i disagree with you to that extent with regards to the reboot because he did talk more in the reboot and i actually kind of liked that better oh okay just we have to agree to disagree on oh, that one no no i thought he talked way too much in the reboot not only that his voice and the way the way they did it kind of just was weird yeah it was like I'm a, like amplified, you know, oh, like yeah. amplified, like he wasn't even talking, you know. It was a caricature. Caricature, yeah, cause kind of, I guess. Of his voice, that is. Yeah. yeah, I just didn't like the. I just didn't like the way they did the voice. I mean, it, it was weird. Okay, all right, I could see that. Was, I mean, I like the actor that did him. He was great in Watchmen, and like I said, we <laughs> in Little Children, he was a very creepy oh, guy too. That, yeah, he's he got, does that well. Yeah, he corners it on creepy. Um, <laughs> he's got but, the corner on creepy. But yeah, if I had to compare Robert England to the Rebert version, reboot version. Reboot? What's his name? He has a name. Jackie Earl Haley. Sorry, yes. Sorry. Yeah. That's okay. I was like, he has three names. Yeah. Jackie Earl Haley. He actually got the um the job for the reboot when people saw that they were going to do the reboot to Nightmare on the Street. And people on the internet is like, oh, it's got to be Jackie Earl Haley, blah, blah, blah. And then that's how Smart. he found out. But... Here's the thing about the reboot now. Let's go into that for a few minutes here. Okay. Uh, when it started, I have to say, and I think I even said this to you out loud, oh, this is going to be much better. And I didn't necessarily think the film itself or even, you know, the quality of the script or anything like that would mm-hmm. be better per se. But I think that in general, movies are scarier when you can relate to them, you mm-hmm. know? And I had a hard time relating to that first one because it was so stuck in its period. And I'm not saying 80s. It could be 70s, 90s, you know, 1950s, 30s. It doesn't really matter, you know. But you can tell it was very stuck in its particular period. Like when she rips the phone from the wall, it was like, oh, I don't know. Can't she plug it back in? Oh, no, she ripped. She frayed the end of the cord. Who has a landline? Yeah. What's a landline? Seriously. Like, I'm surprised she didn't get up the yellow pages and start leafing through it at that point. You know, another obsolete. That's always a common thing that you call out. You're like, this movie was made in another decade. (laughs) I know. You're going to call me out on that, too. But but wait a minute. I actually have a point with it this time, as opposed to just not necessarily like. I agree it. in that point in the way the the music the music in I, the original the is, is, is the is the one that, that that dates it the most, especially when they get really keyboard with like the synth and like yeah. you could just you know slamming on it. Yeah, he's like Freddy's coming, and you're like no. But it doesn't just dates it; it detracts from it. In yeah. fact, any sort of fear that might have been, you know, kind of boiling up inside of me immediately was dissipated by that music. It was like, okay, now it's funny again. So it, Yeah, they might, might as well have like... <laughs> yeah. Like, whatever. Yeah. yeah, it served the opposite of its intended purpose. So right away in the first one, uh, they had pretty good music that started, and I went, oh, I think I'm going to like this more. And then secondarily, and just this is by virtue not of it being a great film, it's just by virtue of it being made in 2009, 
it was more relatable, you know, it was more relatable with the characters and, you know, the cell phones and the technology, you know, they, they, they would Google, you know, their old classmates and stuff like that. And that, I think that when you can relate more to the, to the story and the characters and the subject matter, you're more scared because it's more likely your subconscious, you know, hangs on to the idea that it could happen to you. What did you think about um, the lead girl that played, excuse me, Nancy in the reboot, uh, Rooney Mara is the actress's name. She's actually going to be the girl that, girl with the dragon tattoo, the new one. Well, I saw her in The Social Network, and she, she, mm-hmm. I preferred her performance in The Social Network to this, by far. Uh, in fact, before this started, you said, oh, you know, the main girl is the girl that we saw in the first scene of The Social Network. I got excited. And then my excitement went like this. Wait, oh. Yeah, you didn't really get to know her. There there wasn't like a get to know you before all of the killings or murders started. So instantly she was just very down and dour. Mousy. Mousy. She kind of talked in a monotone voice all the time. Yeah, she reminded me of somebody that I knew way back in the day who I'm not going to talk about because who he's, knows? He's got a list and they're going to kill every person yeah. on the list. No, but like it was one of those things where I was like, oh, really? I mean, she didn't, she didn't have any piss and vinegar in her. I agree. Yeah. There wasn't anything where I go, you know what? If she gets knocked down, she's going to get up. She's going to like take down this, this guy. I never thought that about her. That's, and I think that's why, they had um, her boyfriend live in this one, as opposed to Johnny Depp, who gets it in the first one, and who is renamed Quentin for the reboot, because it was obvious that she couldn't do it on her own. She needed Quentin in this one, and in the first one, the first actress, uh, props to her, even though Quentin died. At first, I actually got mad at her for it. I was like, God, you're really lamenting the loss of your boyfriend there. You're really sad about it. And But she still was able to like spring back up like Buffy and, you know, kick this guy's ass. Yeah. But they had, like, they made her a waitress in the reboot. Yeah. For, like, one scene at the beginning. Very sad. And then they forgot about her job for the rest of the movie. I was going to ask you about that. <laughs> what happened to her being a waitress? <laughs> she just, like, wasn't anymore. Once people get started murdered, like, once people start getting murdered around you, you just, you don't go back to your job. I preferred um, the girl who played Chris in the second as opposed to the girl who played Tina in the first. Well, it was a much bigger part in the second, first of all. She was prettier. She was prettier. <laughs> But she had better music. She did. And and I said this to you, and I'm gonna say this to all our podcast listeners. What is it with the last two or three movies we've seen with the girl either being named Chris, Chrissy, or Tina, or some derivation of my name, Kristen, who was blonde hair blue eyed dying in the first ten minutes of the movie? Well, blondes, you know, usually get it first because oh. they're the ones like Easy Target. No, in both these movies, they're the ones that had sex. And, you know, that's what happens in slasher movies. The girls that have sex are the ones that die first. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. And that was a rule in Scream. We were just talking about Scream earlier. That's right. Who said that in Scream? I forgot. (laughs) Um, I used to know the movie Jamie Kennedy's character. Yeah. Yeah, he doled out all the rules. I know. I remember rule number one. Drew Barrymore died. She was blonde. You're right. Yeah. I almost forgot about this. Was Jamie Lee Curtis um, blonde when she did Halloween? Um, no. No? No. But oh. she was a virgin. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Who, well, who got it first in Halloween? Because I didn't see that. Some blonde girl named Chrissy. I'm not going to ruin Halloween for you. <laughs> you can tell me who gets it first. No, we're going to have to watch that. <laughs> All right, so, um, so you like the blonde girl in the reboot. Yeah. 
Um, what did you think of like the script in the reboot? Was it the like, storytelling was... was far inferior to the first one? And I have to say because even though the music in the first uh, fr- uh, I almost said Freddy movie, but what was it Nightmare? Mm-hmm. Uh, was de- detracting. The overall storyline was much more cohesive. The script was better. It, it made sense more. Like, in, especially in that last quarter of the first film, um, although I wasn't necessarily scared, I was definitely more on the edge of my seat going, come on, is anybody need to come back to that house and help her? You know, it was... It was it, there was a bit of tension. Yes, it was much more palpable yeah. to see her, you know, knocking on the bars and get... Because nothing's scarier than being trapped in your own home which is supposed to be you know your kind of safe haven whereas in the reboot they ended up in this old preschool that they didn't even really have memories of they just knew something bad had happened there so there's less of an emotional attachment the script itself was far less cohesive i think they relied far more on false false scares yes thank you that's what i was was gonna say false gotchas but that's exactly what i mean false scares i just didn't find the the reboot to be like cohesive as a movie Number one, I didn't really get a sense of place anywhere throughout the movie, like that this was happening in a small town or anything. And then, you know, how they wound up about this preschool was just like random. Like they just randomly, you know, coincidentally landed there. So, Well, the one thing I will say for the reboot is that uh, Freddy's character was scarier to look at. And the first one, I think that's another reason I wasn't very scared is because it was so obviously a rubber mask, you know, where you're just like, come on, makeup studio. You couldn't, you could have done a little bit better than that. Whereas in this one, um, it, you know, it was kind of more like, ooh, look at his face. It looks like it's oozing. And when he breathes in, you know, and he sucks his breath in, you could see that hole in his face really suck it in too. And, and that was more like, ooh, higher creepy factor on Freddy in this one. Really? I think so. I thought it was more like CGI in the second one. And the first yes. one, I liked that they, like, he was shadowed in fog a lot of the times, you know? They didn't show oh, him. I agree with that, but I'm saying when they actually showed him, the creepy factor was, I think, higher in this second one because, they, you know, more technology and better use of makeup and products as opposed to the first one where it just seemed very, his face just seemed so rubbery. Like, I could put on a, a rubber Halloween mask that you see all the time of Freddy, and it was pretty close to the original one that they used on that actor. When I was a kid, one of um, one of the Halloweens, I actually dressed up as Freddy Krueger. Did you really? I did. And it was a bad it was bad news because a couple years later after I dressed up as Freddy, I still had the mask and my dad scared the ever-loving crap out of me with that mask. Well, what did he do specifically? This is going to I mean, this is pretty much this should be on record. Okay. <laughs> put it put it on the record. I took a shower and I had gotten out of the shower and I had like my towel around my waist and I had gone into my... I How opened, old were you? I don't remember. I was probably like in middle school or something. Okay. And I opened the door to my walk-in closet and he was in the closet with a mask on. And I I think my heart stopped. I would have peed myself. I think I did pee myself. Just a little bit. I would pee myself more than a little luckily bit. Luckily I had a towel, but he thought it was the funniest thing in the world. I was like, I am literally going to kill you. What happened right afterward? After he did his, like, what? tell me the immediate, like, two-minute aftermath. Well, my heart didn't start, start beating for, like, 30 <laughs> seconds. And then I was very angry, and I was probably said, what the heck are you doing? Anyway. Well, apparently you can live seven minutes without your heart beating, as I learned from this reboot. So they had fun, interesting facts in this reboot. Are you you're just taking that as fact? I, well, you didn't even source it? 
You didn't even look up Wikipedia. I'm gonna if it's have right. to Wikipedia it to be honest. But I don't care. I don't believe Freddy. He's a, he's a made up character. He's but not also, a doctor. This whole thing about micro naps. Like at first, it's weird. When they first read it, I was like, Oh wow, that's kind of creepy that you can dream if your body is deprived of sleep and it's gonna try to like recharge itself, you know, while you're awake. And then when it actually happened, it wasn't nearly as scary as I thought it might be because like she was, you know, dragged in the in the what in the whatever it was a uh, drugstore, and he's like. You're having micro naps. And I'm like, that's such like an unscary, unsexy term for it. You know, can't even be like. That's it. Like, it, he talked way too much in the reboot, and then he said like goofy stuff like that. Like, yeah. I didn't find him scary. No, no, no. Freddie didn't say that. Quentin did. No, but I think Freddie would say stuff like that. Like, you're having a micro nap. But couldn't and I was like. <laughs> but couldn't they have said something like. Stop saying goofy things, Freddie. But couldn't they have said something that even was remotely, you know, more weighted? Like, you're having day terrors. You know, like day terrors. Like the word terror is in it, you know? No, they had to use micronap. This, micronaps. This new thing that they formed for the movie. Ha, ha, ha. That kind of, like, <laughs> I didn't like the micronap idea very much. Yeah. Because I'm like, okay, at least, you know, if they stay awake, they're okay. Yeah. But then, now with the micronap thing, they're just... You're not okay. You're screwed pretty much all the time. Yeah. So, I don't know. Why was coffee not good enough for them in this one? Like, coffee was plenty good for... Um, What's her face in the first one? I know. These kids were like, I need Adderall and <laughs> shoot Adda, me up with adrenaline. Add us something, this well, new drug or something. It wasn't it was an actual Adderall. They, there was it was a different drug, but it was definitely an ADHD uh, stimulant drug. Because if uh, for those of you who don't have ADHD or know anybody who does, uh, the brain functions differently from those who do not have ADHD. And basically, if you do have it and they give you a stimulant drug, it makes you uh, able to focus as opposed to be hyper it does it has a calming effect on you whereas if you do not have adhd and you take this drug it's a stimulant and you become um kind of like you're on speed wow that was very dr oz of you thank you you're welcome which brings me to my next point wait a minute what you know we they, they should have done they should have got one of those beer helmets you know and oh, just no. put coffee in the helmet <laughs> and then you just have coffee at all the whole times. time yeah, yeah. do you know what i thought of uh, both in the first one and the second one but primarily in the first one okay Jessie Spano in the Saved by the Bell episode where she takes caffeine pills. Yes. Because they kept saying, you know, like, you see her taking no-dos and, like, she would just stay awake. And I'm like, all she's doing is staying awake. Where's her, I'm so excited. I'm so scared. Like, where's her moment of being like Jessie Spano? Because apparently that's what happens when you have caffeine pills. Or so I learned from Saved by the Bell. See, that's what happens when you learn everything from Saved by the Bell. Aww. I'm sad that both Nancys were deprived of their Jesse Spano <laughs> moments. I was too. I was waiting for it. And in fact, in the second one, I thought, well, they didn't do it in the first one. Maybe that was because this nightmare came out before Saved by the Bell's Jesse Spano episode. But this reboot has no excuse. They better have a Jesse Spano moment pronto. Okay, let's go to deaths. Death scenes. Death. What, what was your favorite death scene in the first one and the reboot? Tina's was my favorite in the first one. Okay, we talked about that. Yeah. And in the reboot, the one where uh, they hang the guy whose name I can't remember, but he was the boyfriend of Tina, or Chris, upside down. And he's like, I'm taking, and Freddie takes out his heart, and he was like, he's like, you have seven minutes, you know, to sit there in <laughs> agony. <laughs> I just enjoyed that for that tidbit of information alone. <laughs> yeah, you're like, I learned something. <laughs> Thank you, Nightmare on Street reboot for... <laughs> Teaching me this very important medical fact. <laughs> I did. I honestly was like, 
wow, that makes it so much more interesting now because I'm wondering if he'll be able to talk or see things. And I'm like, I actually kind of like sat up a little more like, oh, wow, this I want to see how the seven minutes goes. Well, see, in the original one, I, I like the whole waterbed thing because as a kid, I didn't like waterbeds anyway. My parents had a waterbed. But to see Johnny Depp, his character, who was terrible at staying awake for his girlfriend, like terrible. He was the worst. Like, if you're wanting to stay awake, don't get on your waterbed and then pull your TV right up next to you and then put up, like, he had, like, those huge headphones that yeah. covered his whole head. The Bose ones. Like, that's going to help you stay awake? He had one job. One job. Not even to kill Freddy. His one job was to stay awake, and he couldn't do it. No yeah. matter how many times she so asked him. So he got sucked in his waterbed, and then he got blew out in chunks. Well, then, wait. Here's my question, because I never actually got that it was a waterbed in the first one, mm -hmm. because... Freddie could go through whatever matter he wanted. As you saw, he made ceilings fully, you know, pliable and soft like Play-Doh, and he was able to, like, yeah, but sit when he down grabs, when Freddie grabbed him, you, you got, like, the motion of the ocean rocking thing. I don't think we got that. I think that was just because he could move matter and, you know, change its, its physical form from something solid into something more liquid. I never got that he was on a waterbed. I'm sorry. I'm pro-waterbed on this one. You really okay? People weigh in. Was it a waterbed or not? It was a bloodbed. It was a bloodbed. I'm just gonna say because there's so much blood after that. Either way, it was gross. Yeah, it was pretty bad. And uh, it was a memorable one for me. And so then the reboot, the reboot didn't really have any like, you know, memorable, good, memorable death scenes. Yeah, I'm telling you, hanging upside down, seven minutes, no heart. That was that was pretty good. The only thing you you like about that is the 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 nit, the tidbit of information that let's talk given. about creepiest scene in both the first and the second one because it's the same scene okay the part where nancy's in the bath and like she falls asleep or is about to fall asleep and her legs are like spread eagle open yeah is that sexual or what ew and the camera shot is like taken from there like it's a gynecological shot shooting up to her face and i'm like oh yeah, it's like she's having like a little freddy baby uh, yeah and then like all of a sudden the claw comes glove, up like gloves first out of her hoo-ha yeah exactly like right where the gynecologist's you know hand would be about to explore splunking like splunking like that's where the hand comes up out of the water that'd be weird like go to dr kruger <laughs> he was your gynecologist <laughs> ah! okay. see now i'm scared <laughs> okay chrissy time to go splunking <laughs> oh, jesus now, see, now, okay, that scares me. This is something, see, something I can relate to, Dr. having to go to the gynecologist. Dr. Kruger, gynecology. Oh, God. But, yeah, that is that is a really creepy, like, creepy Yeah. <laughs> that and they, really creepy. And they pretty much used the exact same shots in both of them. They do. There were, there were several shots that were pretty much cribbed from the first one to the third one. There was that one that was done not as good in the reboot where he is above her bed, like, Hovering, hovering above his bed. The first one, it was right. It was kind of cool the way they did it. Yeah, whatever. Okay, uh, so now all I can think of is gynecological Freddy, and it's really freaking me out. So what was your? <laughs> so yeah. now I'm freaked out. I don't want to ever go to the doctor again. Well, that's why you don't go to a guy with claws for his hands. Especially I have a lady doctor. Yay. Just don't. <laughs> what? That's it. If you if you take a micro nap while you're at the gynecologist, something bad might happen. You mean a day terror? <laughs> See, well, in some of the sequels, some weird stuff happens with like babies, and it gets really like crazy, like stupid crazy. What happens is the first one was kind of creepy. 
The second one was like totally off the wall and like homoerotic. And then the third one was good. And then everyone after that. I'll take homoerotic over homophobic. Yeah, we'll have to watch the second one. You will be, it'll blow your mind how crazy it is. It'll blow my mind. It'll blow your mind. So anything about the two movies that we didn't talk about that you, oh, one of my favorite things about the first one, and I made sure to call it out while I was watching it with you, is when I was a little kid, I used to love seeing what people put in the backgrounds of shots, especially in like people's rooms. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> there are a few good ones in this one. A few choice paintings. Um, the first one is um, when she, uh, Nancy's character is taken to the sleep doctor, the hospital. Yeah. And they, you know, hook her up and stuff. And the mom is like smoking <laughs> her cigarette. And the guy that was Roger Rabbit's voice is talking to her the mom. And in the background is this <laughs> poster. And these two, like, cats or kittens are on, like, a trip in San Francisco. <laughs> yeah, they're on a cable car. And they're like going on, they're like, they're like, hey, here we go. Kittens on a cable car. I feel like that should have been it's in like. It's so random to be in that scene. I feel like that should have been like the YouTube video of kittens. Kittens! It's buy like, kittens! It's like the, the cat one with like the hanging cat. Hanging, hanging Oh on. yeah, hang in there. Hang in there. That was another thing I have to say I missed in the reboot. I was waiting for the sleep clinic scene. Because I enjoyed it in the first one. I thought well, they that did makes it well. sense. Like, yes. Where was that in the reboot? They didn't do it. Yeah. What re- fail re- reboot fail um another oh. another another background poster is was it the boiler room in the original where there was a there was the it was dogs like, it was like the basement the dogs playing poker it was the basement of what's craven was like okay guys let's see how many crazy <laughs> you know dogs playing poker. P- pet pet posters we can get in this movie yeah pretty much and you notice that things like that a lot you have a good eye for that sort of thing um, but then again, again, it makes it less scary because you're like, <laughs> you see the, the cats on the cable car in the background. <laughs> Yo, after you watch it so many times, you pick up really stupid stuff like that. Right. No, I get it. So what did you think about the, okay, the ending of the first one with the, um, you know, she steps, she, uh, she mom, mom sets on car. fire, all that stuff. Um, and then the, the scene at the end. Well, the whole thing was interesting and I felt that. It was weird that the when the dad slash lieutenant came upstairs and kind of saw firsthand what she'd been saying all along was reality, that he didn't have any sort of reaction. He didn't like... Even when the mom was like a skeleton yeah, and she's she like, like saying goodbye, she's like sinking into the bed. Yeah. Like, how do you either not say one or two things like, oh my God, honey, I'm so sorry I didn't believe you. I'm so sorry I was so wrong. Like, have a, you know, a catharsis or... Or he says, what the crap yeah, is what this? what the hell was that? Like, what just happened? He had zero reaction. She was like, I want to be left alone. And he was like, Meh. She's like, no, like you know if your heart dies, your brain lasts. That's really what she meant. Okay. Yeah. No, but he just kind of like, I mean, for all intents and purposes, he basically like went, mm, and like walked downstairs and left her alone. That was stupid to even, you know, why sit someone on fire in your basement if you know you can't get out of your house? Yeah. Well, you know, she's a teenager. We give her props for trying, but not for being intelligent. But, so, then she, like, turned away from Freddy, and he, like, disappeared into thin air or whatever, and then it was daytime again, and her mom was back, and her friends were back, and they get in the car. Well, this was a weird part. I thought it was weird that she decided, because, like, nobody told her that this is really how to, you know, defeat Freddy. She just decided that the way to, like defeat Freddy was by telling him, not even like actually doing it, but telling him, I take back all the power I gave you. I turn away from you, Freddy Krueger. Right, where I was like, she just decided that on the spot. She didn't even like discuss it Or her boyfriend said that 
he should probably just turn away for <laughs> yeah thanks for that bit of advice before you got yeah. did, sucked it, into your water it, it did it did uh, good things for you but like he she didn't even like to discuss that beforehand or decide there was never any character moment where you thought to her just say it. it's like you know clap your hands if you believe in fairies and you know Tinkerbell lives it, it's like the exact opposite of that you know like turn away from Freddy and he dies well I mean what else was she gonna do she was just like okay that didn't work earlier so let's try this but it was weird how she came to that conclusion on the spot and I even looked at you like is this really happening and she thinks that's gonna work all of a sudden why would it work all of a sudden and sure enough he disappears and it seems like kumbaya in a movie yay I guess I guess yeah, that was kind of a sudden. It was weird, thing. especially since she planned all that home aloneing stuff. I mean, she yeah, like, yeah, she like all set up all trapping? the booby traps and yeah. Like I thought there was gonna have to be a knock knock out drag out fight where she like defeats Freddy, not like decides that like you're not really real and bye. So he disappears. It's climactic. It's daytime. And but I instantly knew that it wasn't really over. Although I thought the movie should have ended then. But when it didn't, it was like, oh, look, there's Freddy Fog everywhere. I guess this movie's not really over and that she's dreaming again. And he was a second, so there was no surprise, really, when she got in the car and, like, the hood closed and you could tell that the car was being uh, controlled by an outside force and then the mom got it. In fact, I laughed through the entire sequence because it was hilarious to watch her go through, like, the little birdie hole. Well, it's because it was like a, a blow-up dummy or something. Yeah, it was pretty good. <laughs> But it was just one of those things where I was like, the second, the second it started, I was like, and it's foggy. Oh, well, that was fun. Never mind. <laughs> guess that wasn't the end. False end. And I guess the second one, the ending of the second one, they ended up at the preschool, which, again, the whole preschool thing was weird. just weird. It's weird. Like, just, you know, don't tell me the whole origin story for Freddy. Okay, he was a bad man. He did something bad. You don't have to get all Encyclopedia Brown throughout the whole movie. Like, it was more like a mystery most of the time than, like, a horror Well, flick. I think that their intent was that they wanted us to actually feel sorry for Freddy because in the beginning they tried to make it out like the kids were lying and that the parents, you know, took him down based on these kids' Did he molest lies. them or did not he molest them? Did not he? Sorry. <laughs> did he not? <laughs> did he not? Yes. Like, I, he was creepy. That was enough. Right. But I think that there were you were supposed to have some sort of pathos for him in the second one. So it would be a more like, oh, poor damaged Freddy. Yeah, poor Freddy. He just wanted to take the kids into his creepy closet and <laughs> have them draw pictures of him and take pictures of them in turn. Ooh, yeah, it was yeah. just really creepy. Yeah, didn't Like work. in the first one, they're just like, okay, he murdered a bunch of kids. That's sad. But this one, they're like, okay, he's really, really creepy. And he did these really creepy things. And then he has like one-liner jokes about how he molested them and like how he remembers I'm like ugh but, but 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 they gave you like false hope that maybe he didn't do it and that the kids were just lying or making it up because you know yeah. then you could feel sorry for him cuz like oh poor guy these poor these kids made things up about him but who makes things up like that at the age of 4 I knew right away I was like of course they didn't make it up yeah so well, it was like a false you know pull on the audience's chain to make them feel something for freddy the whole thing didn't work i see what they were trying to do but it just did not work yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Sorry, Reboot. You fail again. <laughs> well, thank you for making me watch these movies. It's about time. Are you going to have bad nightmares about it? I'm going to say no, but I'm really tired, so maybe. Are you I... having a micro nap right now? <laughs> <laughs> okay, just so you guys know, like, for, for SHITs and giggles, I just shut my eyes and, like, snored for effect. And while my eyes were closed... He grabbed me, like, as hard as he could in my left arm. I'm going to have a bruise. I just People turned, are going to think he beat me. No, I just turned into Freddy. 
and like shook me. Dr. Krieger. And it was actually kind of scary. Gynecologist. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Ew. No, get away. Oh, man. He hurt me. You, you should be Freddy Krueger for Halloween. Yeah, I'm sure the kids at my gym would love that. <laughs> that would go over well. Good you know, idea, Justin. The, the mask was really hard when I was a kid because the eye holes were the nose holes. So I was running. You're in, trying to look at your nose? It's kind of like the time I was TV. I was uh, TV. I was ET and the nose holes were the, the only things you could see through. So I kept running into trees and stuff when I was going trick-or-treating. ET phone out. All right, so original grade for Nightmare on Elm Street? 7 out of 10. You keep going from grades to numbers. I know. I go back to 7 four. out of 10. Okay, reboot? Uh, 5 out of 10? 5 out of 10. Okay. Gotcha. 4 and now, a half. <laughs> now, would you be interested in watching any other Freddy movies? Or are you just like, eh, Freddy's not for me? Nah, probably Freddy's not for me. Um, if, if perhaps... There was something where you said was really good and I had to see it. And like I'd... Freddy 2, the homoerotic Freddy? Right. Okay. And I'd already seen all the other movies on our list that I really want to see, then maybe. Well, we have thousands of movies. Right, so it might be a while. Oh, well. Well, let's oh, go take a micro nap. Uh, oh, please don't shake me again. That really Several hurt. Several micro naps in a row. Okay. Good what? night, everyone. Night, night.